Shall we have a word of prayer? Our gracious Father in heaven, we pray that your spirit will fill this room, your love will fill our hearts, and your grace be with all the people all over the world who are suffering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many times when we speak in front of a congregation, sometimes we get carried away and we get distracted. So today, I would like to be distracted first before I start on the actual uh, proper uh, uh, speech that I prepared so that uh, I can stay with the topic later on. Let me read to you uh, from uh, 2 Samuel. It's about a person known as Basilai. Not sure whether you know him or remember his name. But he was a person who helped King David when he was running away from his son Solomon who was trying to take over the throne. And Basilai provided him with uh, provisions and all. And at the end of it all, when, uh, when the son, uh, not Solomon, the son, uh, the, when, when the son was, uh, where well, he died, and King David was to be uh, reinstated. He asked Basilai to come to the palace so that I can uh, reward you with all the things that you need. This is what Basilai said. Uh, I read from verse 32 of 2 Samuel. Now Basilai was a very aged man, even fourscore years old. And he had provided the king of sustenance while he, while he lay at Mahanaim, for he was a very great man. And the king said unto Basilai, Come thou over with me, and I will feed thee with me in Jerusalem. And Basilai said unto the king, How long have I to live, that I should go up with the king unto Jerusalem? I am this day fourscore years old, and can I discern between good and evil? Can thy servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then should thy servant be yet a burden to, unto the Lord the King? He said, I'm old. I can't hear. I can't see. I can't discern with, with all these things. So why do you want me to go to your palace and enjoy all those things? Now why did I read this to you? Basila and I are of the same age. Of course, he was 80 years old a long time ago. So I, uh, being of this age, what I say today, probably you, you will expect to be from, some from my experience uh, of the time when I was young. And I think uh, some of these things, a few of you may have heard, those of you who tune in uh, online, uh, some of you may know, but I think in our congregation this morning, the few of you here, uh, none of you probably know what I'm talking about or what the situation is. So let me begin. Now I come back to what I have planned to say. This was the text that you read earlier on, so I will not reread it. And I go to the next slide. The topic I have chosen is you think what? This is Singlish. Last week, our pastor talked about Singlish, and he said a few Singlish words were added to the uh, Oxford Dictionary. So I wish they add some uh, Singapore grammar as well. This is a 
Thinglish grammar, you think what? So what are you? What do you think about? That's the topic of my uh, talk today. Now, you you can read what's on the screen if you like, but I, you know, I by nature I like to tell stories, so I like to tell you this with a little more uh, details. I add in some juicy things. See, there was this frog who was trying to climb up to, into the tree. And the other frogs, of course, this is not real. The frogs cannot talk. But the other frogs were telling him, you cannot, you cannot stop. Don't waste, your, don't waste your energy. You can't do it. But this frog kept on going. And eventually, he did get to the top. Why? Well, this particular... This particular screen uh, here tells us that it was because that frog that was climbing was deaf, couldn't hear. And when he saw the other frog saying, hey, you stop, you stop, he thought they were saying, carry on, carry on, carry on, you know. So you see, it's what you think. Don't let other people uh, affect what you want to do. Uh, you encourage yourself and have a, a good frame of mind in order to do the things that you need to do. Now, today, I want to talk about the importance of what we say, the words that we use. Words are very important. Now, if I were to tell you, long ago, I used to go to the gay world. What do you think about? Maybe young people, you think, well, this elder, what was he trying to do long ago? But in Singapore, long ago, there was a place called the gay world. And the word gay in that time, uh, during those days meant happy, happy world, where people went to the place there for entertainment, for enjoyment. There was a basketball stadium there. I used to go there to watch basketball games. But the meaning has changed. And so, as we use words, we need to be very, very careful about the meaning we, we uh, convey to others. When I was studying in college, one of the guys from another country talked to me one day. He said, hello, bro. Now, there was also another person over there, our work supervisor. He was from a different country. And he used the word bro. The sounds like bro, but actually it's bloke. Bloke, he sound, pronounced it bro. And here was this guy who, was, who used the word bro on me, which, by which he meant brother. So I thought he meant bloke. So I got angry with him. So it's the, uh, words can convey messages, but we need to know how these words uh, mean, what these words mean to a different people. Okay, so the words we use have power, and we need to be careful about what we say, how we say it, so that we will not uh, discourage other people or uh, spoil their mood in life. Now, Someone once said, the tongue has no bones, but it is strong enough to break a heart. See, uh, when people's hearts are broken, it's because of unpleasant words spoken to them, especially when two persons are in love and uh, that uh, relationship is broken. Uh, those, those are conveyed by words. Of course, today, sometimes they can convey by uh, WhatsApp messages, but in those days, it was all conveyed conveyed by words. 
So be careful with your words. How true, if even James, the, the half-brother of Jesus, affirmed this truth in his letter some 2,000 years ago to Jewish believers dispersed in the face of difficulties. It is time we recognize the power of the tongue. This text is from uh, Proverbs. All right, Proverbs um, 18, verse 21. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What we say can cause death, it can also help person to become more alive. So, if whatever we do with our words, it's this text says we have to eat it, we have to take the consequences. So let me now tell you a story that happened a long, long time ago. Right? Uh, sorry, I think I should... Uh, okay. <laughs> now, long ago, when I was still very young, and many of you were not born yet, I studied in a college uh, in Australia. And uh, one day, the college organized a picnic to a beach, very beautiful beach, called Soldier's Head. And it was announced that all the students who wanted to join this picnic should buy a ticket from the store. And when you got this picnic ticket, you will be allowed to board the uh, double-decker bus that will bring all the students to the beach for the day. So I bought the ticket, and so, so did many other students. And uh, when the morning came, we all boarded the bus happily, all ha happy and so on. And the bus brought us to the place called Soldier's Head. It was a beach that hardly anyone else went to. So the college students had the whole beach to themselves. And as soon as we reached, we all got out of the bus, went to the beach, and uh, different groups of students went to different parts of the beach, and they got all their small groups, and they were just having a very good time. Now, in those days, you know, a transistor radio was a very, very big thing. When I say big, I meant it was uh, something like a handphone now. In those days, we did not have handphones. So when we had a transistor radio where you just tune in to stations to listen to music only, you, it was considered a status symbol. The, the transistor radio was about uh, that size, and there was a telescopic antenna. When you turn on, you listen to the music, you carry it, with a strap around your shoulder, well, that was a status symbol. So I got one of those, and I was listening to the music along the beach. And I was not paying attention to all the other students over there. Then somebody came to me and said, Michael, switch off your music. So why? Picnic here along the beach, I'm not disturbing anybody. Why ask me to switch off the, the radio? I said, you look. So I look. I look all along the beach. All the students were in groups prayer bands. They were all praying. Later on, I found out that in one of the groups, there were a few young persons, maybe two or three boys, two or three girls, and they were talking among themselves. And one of the students told another guy, you can't swim, you skinny fellow, in front of the girls. So he felt very, very uh, hurt and said, I'll show you I can swim. So he went into the water and never came up. 
you know the water along the beaches of Australia can be very, very strong. And sometimes there are riptides that, that drag you out. So when he went in and didn't come out, they couldn't see him, then everybody started to pray. Then I switched off my radio and I joined one of the prayer bands and we prayed. After praying, then we looked at the water and we saw the waves going up and down. We tried to see where any, any head was bobbing up there, but we couldn't find any. And so after that, we took the bus back to the college and cut short the, uh, the picnic. A few days later, we received the report that the body was not found, but they found his swimming trunks. And the swimming trunks had the teeth marks of sharks. You know, a few words cost the life of this young man. Who was he? He was Ray Wilson. He was in the same group as me, all uh, learning to be teachers in our Adventist schools. And uh, he was a handsome young man, but alive was gone because of some, uh, some words that were unpleasant that were spoken to him and hurt his feelings. So our words are very important and uh, we need to be careful of what we say. Now, this is a message that somebody sent to me, uh, that guy sends messages to me every morning. That's why you see the word good morning there. Please ignore that. But read the message on the left side. It says, today will never come again. Be a blessing, be a friend. Encourage someone. Take time to care. Let your words heal and not wound. Let your words heal and not wound. We must not let our words hurt the feelings of other people. Sometimes we speak words that uh, we do not even know will hurt other people. So we, know to, we, we have to educate ourselves to know how other people will feel uh, when, they re when they hear the words we say. We may not actually mean any harm, but we still need to be very careful about what we say. So this is what it says. Uh, we need to uh, speak words that heal and not wound. Sometimes, I think it's alright to tell lies. We are taught not to tell lies. But I think sometimes it's okay to tell lies. And some people do tell lies, I know. My mother used to tell lies. When she said, I'm not hungry, you eat. I think she was telling a lie. She just wanted to give the food to me. And she was sacrificing whatever little we had uh, so that I could have a little bit more to eat. So there are people sometimes who do things like that. I don't think any of our pastors never tell lies. If a pastor were to sit, visit a sick person in the, in the hospital bed and the patient asks a pastor, Pastor, what did the doctor say? The pastor will never tell the patient. The doctor says, you have one more week to live. So he won't say things like that. He will say things, say things in a different way so that the person will not get discouraged. Because when a person gets moody, discouraged and depressed, Healing would be very difficult or maybe sometimes impossible. So, and uh, you know, I know someone who works in a prison, and this person has got the permission from the government to visit the people in the death row of the prison. 
death row, people waiting to be executed. They had no chance of being pardoned. And they're just waiting for the day of the execution to come. And this person used to go inside there to talk to them about the love of God. And uh, one person accepted God and uh, accepted the base of Jesus Christ. And uh, he said, well, he'll do his best to help the other people in the prison. Another account I heard was that of one person who was convicted of murder was sentenced to life imprisonment in, uh, in another country. Well, he was not allowed to come out and there was no chance of any appeal so he had to stay in prison until he died. But during the period of his stay, that record says he helped 500 persons to become Christians. God has a plan. And if a, if a person were to use the right words, even to discourage people, to people who may not have very much hope, it will help them to find more joy and happiness in their lives. Now, when we speak, of course, uh, it involves three things in us. First is our mind. We've got to think of what we speak. And then, when we speak, we use our mouth. But how we speak depends on our hearts, what attitude you have. So these three must combine together and produce the right things for us to say. And so, it is important for us to try to think of things that are nice. That's why the text we read this morning, think of these things, think of those, the list of six things that are good. We think of kind things to say. Because if we are try to be kind to other people, it makes them happy. But when you are kind to people, it makes you happy too. So two persons are happy when you speak words of kindness and you show deeds of kindness to one another. <clears throat> Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Pleasant words are health to the bones. In other words, when you speak words that are pleasant, it, it helps you to live a better life, a healthier life, and the whole uh, attitude and uh, demeanor is very, very much better. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. The Bible is full of these texts that tell us to be happy, to make other people happy, and in order to do that, uh, we need to have good thoughts and a positive attitude. Now, <clears throat> this text, this, this other slide, actually was also sent to me by my Muslim friend. He said, the worst person to be around is someone who complains about everything and appreciates nothing. Complains. Everything that the person says is uh, something negative. So, why... Do we need to avoid this? Well, I do not know about you, but in my experience, I have learned to try not to complain at all. 
Well, sometimes people complain about our HDB flats. They buy an HDB flat, they say, the view is not good. The size is too small. Oh, there are cracks here and there. And uh, there is no, uh, uh, the, the water pressure is uh, not good. They complain about their flats. But I've never complained, you know. Even, uh, I don't remember complaining. I don't know whether my wife can remember I complained about our flats. But I don't remember doing that. Why? Well, I remember the time when I, the, the house I lived in, whenever it rained, my brothers, sisters and I would go to the kitchen, each one would find a bucket or a basin. And we would go to different parts of the house and see where the, the, the rain drips in. And then we look, oh, the water is dripping from here. Okay, we put a bucket there to catch the water as it comes. Now, when you live in a house where the roof is made of thatch, or atap and zinc. Sometimes it leaks and uh, we did not have money to repair the roof, so we just put up with it. And now when I compare that to the flat I live in, I'm really very, very blessed. So why should I complain? So I don't say negative things about my flat. How about transport? Why? This train takes so long to come. I've got to wait another six minutes before the next one comes. Well, I don't complain about transport. I remember the time I had to take a train to school. In those days, they were not electric trains. They were trains that uh, had, uh, you know, that, that engine, the, this uh, steam engine where you got to burn wood or charcoal to, burn the, uh, to, to boil the water and the steam comes out and then it uh, makes the train go. And as the train goes, sometimes out of the chimney in front, in the, uh, in the engine there, the, the soot will come out and they will be uh, burning, they will still be uh, burning. And sometimes it will just come in through the window and because it was not air conditioned, the windows are all open. They will come in and they burn a small little hole in the shirt. We could not complain. Now, with these trains that we have, how can I complain compared to what I knew, what I experienced long ago? How about our government? We complain about our government. Why they don't produce, provide this? How can they provide this for that? Those people, we are already uh, over 80. They, you know, they, they, there are some things that are given to people who are within certain age. And those over 70 don't get it. So I don't get it. But I, I try not to complain. Well, we have sufficient. When I think of what we have in this country compared with what some people have to go through in some other places where there is either war or nation, nat natural disasters. I am actually thankful for a roof over my head that is provided by the government. It's a peaceful place, it's safe, and uh, I am very thankful for all these things. Complain about food? I don't complain about food. I remember the time when we had some food on the table and uh, if we were a little slow, we don't get any because my father had 10 children and he was not a rich man. And so we had to uh, share whatever we had. And uh, <clears throat> then what about the weather? Yesterday, I received, uh, I received a video that there was a flood uh, in Pasiris. And uh, I think the flood came up to near, near window level. It was very high and cars 
couldn't move. Well, the weather. Are we uh, happy with the weather? Of course, the people who experience the flood wouldn't be happy with the weather. But I've been in places where the house I lived in, we didn't have a house, we rented a one or two rooms in, in a kampong house. And we lived in those places and when the rain was very heavy, we get the flood, I think maybe three or four times a year. And when it rained in those places, it's different from the floods here. Because all around the kampong areas, the area was not very clean. And rubbish would be floating here and there, including the pots from the latrine. You know, in those days, they had uh, latrines or toilets with pots. And they would be floating around somewhere too. And uh, there will be centipedes and all kinds of things uh, crawling around when floods come. And it's very dirty. So having experienced that kind of weather, now I think the weather in Singapore is actually very good because we don't suffer from earthquake and uh, floods that really destroy our homes. The, the, even the flood yesterday, I think, was uh, over... Over a very short period of time, it was gone. So, if I were to complain about everything, I think my wife would have run away long ago. But, we need to be thankful. We need to have a positive attitude to appreciate the things that we have. Then, our lives would be better. Situation is nothing. Your response is everything. You see these two cups. Each cup had one person there. One person was struggling in the water and say, well, he's, he, he's going to drown. The other one is just... Have you ever tried floating on the water like that? No, I've tried, you know. It's very nice. I tried even one day when I was uh, out, in the, out in the sea. We, had, we hired a boat. Among, of course, that time I was very young. You, you were not born yet. And uh, we went out to uh, some of the southern islands in Singapore and I got off this tong tongkang and floated in the water not knowing that the, the current was carrying me further and further away. Then when I looked up, I said, oh, I'm quite far from the boat but I can swim back. But you know, my swimming speed is very slow. It's exactly the same speed as the current. So no matter how hard I swam, I was still always in the same spot. Well, of course, uh, there was, that was a miracle that I'm still alive. I don't want to go into that. It would be, uh, it would be uh, straying too far away. But uh, these two persons have got two different attitudes. And these two persons, you see, the attitude is different. One person has a small piece of cake. He's so happy. He said, I've got a piece of cake. The other guy has got the other bigger part. He said, why? I have lost one piece of cake. So he was not so happy even though he had more. So it's our attitude, our you know, uh, thinking, how we, how we treat the situations we are in. That is very, very important. So we need to focus on whatever we have and be thankful. Don't look at the things that we don't have and say, I wish I had that. Or why my neighbor has that, why can't I have it? Why is it that the people in the church have these things and I don't have? Why is it that in the potluck there, they get so much food to eat and when I came, there was so little left? Well, uh, of course, that's a small thing. But let us look at the things that we have 
have a very positive attitude and think of the right things. So, thinking of the right things is very important. And like I said, whatever we say, whatever I, I speak to you now, I have to think of it. And I've got to try to say it in words that will not hurt the feelings of anybody. You know, as I grow older, I lose, um, I lose my memory of a lot of words and how to say. And that's why sometimes I just stop halfway, stutter and think of what to say. But uh, when I was uh, younger, I, I think that didn't happen. However, I've got to think. I must say the things in the right way. So let me... Um, Tell you another story, all right? I, I can't speak like our pastor to, to give you one text and then uh, tell you all about the text and how you live and so on. I don't have that kind of talent, so I just resort to stories. This is another story that took place a long time ago. My wife has heard it, I think, about three times, so please close your ears, my wife. The rest who have not heard it, I hope you, uh, you will enjoy this, all right? This also took place uh, in Australia. I'm not sure whether it was a real story or not, but that's what I learned from there. Uh, our college, Evandale College in Australia, was out in the countryside, 90 miles out of Sydney, between Sydney and Newcastle. And once you get out of the campus, it's, uh, it's uh, the, the bush country with a lot of trees and so on. And uh, around the area there, there were some houses, they call them cottages. And uh, one day, in one of these cottages, there were two young boys, brothers, who asked, who told the mother, we want to go fishing. And there was the, the creek nearby, it's called Dora Creek. And so from their cottage to the creek, it would take them a few minutes to walk through the grass and the gum trees, and there were some uh, maybe uh, wild fruits here and there. And they went to the river to try to catch fish. But that morning, to cut it short, they caught nothing. There was no fish that bit or went to bite the, the bait that they put in. And, uh, but they were patient. They waited for a long time. And eventually, uh, when the sun came up and they felt very hot, they were sweating, then they said, okay, there's no fish. They didn't even have a single bite. Let's go home. So there were these two young boys. One was about 10, I think. The other one was about 12. And they went home with very, very different mindsets. The young boy carrying his fishing rod was walking home. And uh, he was very, very scared of snakes. Now, you know in Australia, a lot of these things that are in the wild are poisonous. Spiders are poisonous. Snakes are poisonous. Uh, I think a lot of things are poisonous. Uh, you get bitten. And even the ants, I've seen one kind of ant, they call jumper ants. It's about that big. Do you know, can you estimate how big that is? You know, I've seen actually about uh, 5 or 6 cm long. And they are called jumper ants. They can jump from one blade of grass to another. When they buy you, you've had it. You won't die, but uh, you suffer a lot. So there were a lot of these things. And the young, the young boy in front, he was very scared of the snakes and all the, the wild things. So he was walking through the bush to go home from the river to the house. And he was watching, are there any snakes? 
are there any snakes? The elder brother, after staying beside the river for a few hours, was very thirsty. So he was walking behind with his uh, fishing rod and he was also looking here and there. He said, are there any blackberries? Are there any blackberries? Because blackberries are juicy and sweet. So he was looking for all these. And then, after walking for some distance, the elder brother finally saw some juicy blackberries that he was so happy with. And so he said, Look, the young brother in front heard the word look. In his mind was snake. So he thought the elder brother had seen a snake. So he ran all the way home without stopping. And the elder brother was wondering why he had done that. Now what made the difference between these two brothers? It's what's in the mind. What you're thinking of. It's very, very important. And that's the reason why I uh, chose the text that we read earlier. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. We are asked to think about things that are good. And we have, must have that in our mind all the time. Why? Why must we do this? Do we need to do this because we are persons who are living in this world and who try to help others? That's another reason. The other reason is, in this particular text, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Now, as Seventh-day Adventists, we believe Jesus will come again. Of course, many other Christians also believe Jesus will come back again. And the Lord will descend from heaven. Some, think, some believe that he will come uh, in, in the form of a rapture, secretly. But we believe what this, the text in this Bible says. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Just like the elder brother shout, look, because he found black, uh, the blackberries. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, trumpets sound, so that it's very loud and everybody will know and hear. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those people who believe Jesus is their saviour will rise from the grave, from wherever they have been buried. And then those of us who are alive, if we are alive at that time, we'll be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. So that shout, when Jesus comes, he comes with a shout, just like the elder brother shout. Will we be like the younger brother, running away? Or like the elder brother, who sees something pleasant that is uh, going to quench his thirst? Well, the Bible says that in in the days when Jesus comes, there are some people who are not ready. They'll call on the mountains to fall on them, hide them from the face of God because they are so scared. But if we have the right attitude in our minds, 
we will not have to be afraid of this. So Jesus will come and then he will take us home. Now I hope that with this we will keep pleasant things in our mind, keep the right attitude, think of good things and be prepared when Jesus comes again. receive the benediction. Our God in heaven, may your spirit fill our hearts. May you control our minds and our mouths so that we can speak the right things and have the right attitude so that we can encourage one another in church and be all lifted up to a higher plane of living. Pray that you will go with us at the end of this service. In Jesus' name, Amen.